This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Tom Kemp. He's the co-founder and chief executive officer at Centrify. Under his leadership, the company has become one of the fastest growing security vendors in the industry with over 5,000 customers, including more than half of the Fortune 50. Tom, are you ready to take us to the top? Yeah, absolutely. So this is a hot space. I have had Stu from No Before on. I just had, oh, what was his name? Uh, blah, 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 met, uh, Meta, met Malware, Meta Blasters or something, Chris Hall or Marcin uh, Klasinski. Do you know him? Malware Bites. Yeah, I've, I've, I've met him a couple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So hot space and you're also hot in the space. Tell us what you guys do and how you make money. What's your revenue model? Uh, absolutely. So yeah, we're a, a software and cloud service provider, uh, specifically focused on cybersecurity. And inside cybersecurity, we focus on a market segment called identity and access management. And it comes about because people have too many damn passwords and uh, they're drowning in a sea of passwords. They need multi-factor authentication and just the whole growth of cloud and mobile is making it increasingly so that people are just drowning in, in passwords. And so we help address that. But also they uh, have a problem with too much privilege uh, out there uh, and too many people have too much access to mission critical systems and applications. And we also help address uh, the needs to better manage privileges and permissions within an enterprise. So should we think of you more like LastPass or more like Malwarebytes? You should think of us as an enterprise version of not only single sign-on and multi-factor authentication, but we also take it further by doing uh, user-level auditing of privilege access. Uh, we also do least privilege, uh, granular control of access rights, uh, et cetera. So it's okay. very much focused on the enterprise and uh, securing enterprise users as well as securing enterprise IT people who access uh, core infrastructure and applications. And give us a sense of what the average enterprise might pay you per year to get this value. Yeah, I mean, if you look at large enterprises, uh, the initial deal is well over $100,000. Okay. Uh, for small and medium-sized organizations, the initial deal is maybe thirty, dollars $50,000. Yep. If I force you to pick an average, is it fair to say maybe 50, 60 grand on average for your first yeah. time? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. And then tell us more of the backstory here. So when did you launch the company? Yeah, it was over 12 years ago. Um, I needed something to do. I had previously uh, formed another company that went public, uh, was with that company for eight years. Which company was um, that? It, it was NetIQ. Uh, ah. So uh, was part of that company. We went public in July of 99 uh, and was there through 2003. Good timing, by the way. Uh, yeah, we went public right before the whole uh, uh, dot-com crash and all that stuff. Were uh, you so locked was, in for six months there, or were you able to get a good financial return for yourself? 
I did all right. You know, okay. it was a it was a public company, and uh, you know, selling to the enterprise as well. That was more selling systems management. So I needed something to do, um, and you know, needed to get out of the house. Uh, but also, um, I really saw a great opportunity in security 12, 13 years ago. And it's kind of funny that like my relatives now say, "Oh, he was so smart to pick security because of all the headlines with all the hacks and breaches, etc." 12 years ago, people were like, "What are you doing? What's the single sign?" What's this multi-factor authentication? You just tell all your relatives, you're damn right. I'm the smartest person you're ever going to meet, right? Uh, yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so it was 2004 was launch date. And have you decided to bootstrap this or raise capital? Yeah, we have initially was I funded it a bit, uh, and uh, then we got some early investors as well. And then so we've gone the traditional venture capital route. So okay. we uh, – We've, we have uh, Excel, Index, Mayfield, um, and so fast forward 12 years. Uh, the last round we raised was four years ago uh, where we raised $40 million, but all told we have about $90 million okay. uh, into the business. And the last round also included some strategics. We got Samsung to invest in us, uh, Docomo Capital, uh, Fortinet, uh, et cetera. So it's been a mix of both your traditional venture capitalist. And then in the last round, we brought some strategics and raised a little less than $100 million through five rounds. So two follow-up questions on that. First, how much of your yeah. own money did you put in, would you say? Oh boy, I've probably put in in excess of uh, over a uh, million or $2 million into this. Okay, and second question is, what did you bootstrap revenues to, till, to before you did your first round? No, we actually, uh, we bootstrapped the business um, for about four or six months, so we didn't actually get to revenue. I but see. we had we got far enough long with a proof of concept uh, that uh, the early investors, the A-round investors, which were Mayfield and Excel, felt good enough to uh, raise the money. So, uh, yeah, it was me, you know, putting some money in. Uh, we got some, we got a, uh, some debt as well, uh, a loan, um, and then uh, enough to build a team of about 10 people or so, enough to get the proof of concept where something was uh, demonstrable uh, to the VCs. And then at that point, they put something in. What are you at today in terms of team size? Oh, we're over 500 people. Um, so we're, yeah, so we're a real company now. <laughs> no, based, no based where, by the way? Yeah, we're, we're headquartered here in Silicon Valley in Santa Clara. Um, so, uh, yeah, so we're 500 people. We're over 100 million in sales and uh, no more. It's, uh, you know, five or 10 of us uh, around a conference table. So we, we got uh, offices throughout uh, the U.S. internationally as well. What month did you pass that beautiful 100 million ARR run rate? Oh boy, that was, it was, uh, actually relatively recently. It was, uh, probably six, 12 months ago or so. Okay. So we'll say, we'll say early 2017, you passed hundred million in ARR. Yes. Fair enough. And then two follow-up questions on that. So we can get a sense of growth. Can you maybe take us back to, to 2010? What were you doing AR then? Oh boy. Um, Do you remember? so we were probably, I don't know, in the 2030, uh, well actually no, that was seven years ago. Yep. Um, oh geez, you know, uh, 10 to 20, you know, at, at that point in time. Okay. So, I mean, remember 2010, you know, flat was the new up right, uh, at that, but we actually were slightly up in, in, in 2010. That was, uh, that was a kind of a gut check time, uh, and maybe some of your entrepreneurs, you know, weren't, weren't in business then or whatever, but that was, uh, boy, that was tough sledding right there, but we were very pleased that we actually hit profitability. It forced us in to, 2010. 
Yeah, we were actually profitable for a couple of years then because we didn't want to go out. That was the worst time ever to raise money. So for a couple of years, uh, we were you know ten to twenty million dollars uh, P and L and cash flow profitable. Uh, and then once we got through that, then uh, we started reinvesting and raising some additional money as well. So earlier this year, you passed the hundred million dollar mark. I want to get a sense of year over year growth. What were you at the beginning of twenty sixteen? Would you say in ARR? Uh, yeah, so we've been growing uh, uh, consistently. Uh, around 25 to 40% the last few years. Okay. Um, so, so 85 million ish at the beginning of 2016. Yeah, probably in, in around there uh, yeah. as well. So I, our fiscal year is, uh, uh, July one to June 30th. So you're kind of forcing me to do calendar year calculations uh, off the top of my head. So I'm sorry. like, uh, I'm, I'm kind of like groaning right here. So yep. yeah. So our last fiscal year, uh, ending June, we did well over a hundred million dollars in bookings. Uh, and, uh, you know, been growing very nicely, but the other big milestone we hit was cash flow positive. So remember I, I talked about way back in 2010, 11, 12 timeframe, yep. we had to be profitable because, because the market sucked for raising money. Uh, and we, and if we did raise money, it would have been terrible terms. Uh, but just over the last uh, year and a half or so we we've reached cash flow positiveness, uh, and, which has been great. So we're not forced to have to go out and raise money. We kind of control, we're customer funded. We control our own destiny. What are you at now in terms of total customers? Is it 5,000 still? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. We've kind of, once we hit the 5,000 mark, it's, it's kind of like, why tell people you have 5,136 or whatever? Yeah. We, we simply say over 5,000 and, and, but most of our sales are actually concentrated with the global 2000. We have almost uh, two thirds, the fortune 50 as customers. So we're very much more focused on enterprises, uh, and selling to the global 2000. That's where the bulk of, of our revenue comes from. And what do you think as you get closer, you're about halfway through your current fiscal, well, only maybe two fifths through your current fiscal year, which will end next June. What do you think you'll hit in terms of ARR this upcoming June? Yeah, I mean, we've, uh, we're, we're telling people that we're going to grow over, uh, you know, roughly around uh, 30%, which is very comparable for companies uh, our size. That yeah, that is. so you think you'll break 130 million in ARR by June, 2018? We'll be we'll be greater than that, but uh, yeah. And and if you look at companies, there, there's a, a company called uh, Forescout that just went public. There's another company that's actually in the identity space. We don't compete with them called SailPoint. They've been growing, you know, over thirty percent. So we're very comparable um, to uh, you know, kind of like size companies that are greater than hundred million in the enterprise security space. You know, growing you know, 25, 30, you know, plus percent. Uh, and I think the one unique thing is, is that we offer is the cash flow positiveness. We really were focused over the last, uh, one to two years trying to become cash flow positive. Does your crypto backed competitor civic? Well, maybe you consider them a competitor, maybe not, but do you worry about that at all? The nature of blockchain and how it can affect digital identities? You know what? Um, Never even heard of that company to be candid. Okay. Um, because maybe that's more on the consumer side of things. Yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, you know, so I think they raised one thirty three or something. It was pretty significant crypto issuance. Oh wow. Okay, that's that's interesting. So yeah, I mean, we don't really focus on the consumer side. That's just a whole different market. We're we're much more enterprise focused. Yep. So uh, so we're focusing. I mean, most of the competition we have are these legacy old time vendors, the CAs, the IBMs of the world. If historically, Oracle has some technology in this area as well. Those are the type of people that have historically been in enterprise identity, um, but obviously they're not cloud-based, uh, they're not modern technology, et cetera. 
And so, you know, we're, we're trying to disrupt the identity and access management market. In fact, there's been other companies out there uh, that have been successful in going public. Uh, Okta, for example, they're one of our competitors, another one called CyberArk. So I don't mind talking about our competition because uh, uh, it's just a very good space. And, and we're, 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 do, we're very happy with where we're at in terms of our size or scale or growth and our profitability. And Putin's your best friend. Well, you know, it's the it's the gift that keeps on giving. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, but but to be candid, it's very frustrating uh, without getting too political here. It's just that I don't think people really understand the magnitude uh, of what's happening. Uh, you know, we see it firsthand and, you know, I mean, we get to monetize that um, and we get to make people more secure and companies more secure, et cetera. So we feel good about that. But there's a lot more that can be done. Uh, politi- you know, politically, uh, in terms of uh, really, the the nation state stuff is just really on par with the criminal organizations as well, and and no one's immune. And and unfortunately, if you look at the Experian hack, where probably all our uh, data uh, as consumers was taken, uh, this is just a huge problem. Guys, I get asked all the time, Nathan, you host all these interviews, hundreds of them per month. How do you do them efficiently? And guys, the answer is simple. People always agree to my calendar, back-to-back meetings. I batch my interviews to stay very efficient. And the way that I do it is I use a tool called Acuity Scheduling at nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. And the reason I use them is very simple. They keep my no-show rate very low because they send out reminders about when the interview or the meeting is coming up. And also they make it very easy to schedule time, right? I don't have to go back and forth via email 10,000 times with people I'm trying to meet with. Okay. At nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. Helps me so much. And by the way, Look, I like have so many meetings. I'm the best at meetings. Okay, I do them back to back. Very, very efficient. You guys know me. Many people say I'm the most efficient they've ever seen. Okay, so I use the tool. It's so efficient. And by the way, I got Gavin. I said, Gavin, he's the CEO. I said, I want a great deal for my people. He said, Nathan, well, most people get a 14 day trial. Isn't that great? I said, no. He's given us a 45 day free trial at nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. That's not going to stay up forever. So go get it now. Nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. When you look at organizations like Panda in China and Bear in Russia, and you know many people maybe or may not know about Eagle in the U.S., are you familiar with those organizations? And if so, I believe many of those are nation-state backed. Are you writing code to keep out some of the hacks that those organizations are pumping out? Well, um, I, I'm not going to comment directly about who we're developing code for. Um, and, and what organizations, um, and cause I don't want to, uh, give credence or highlight any specific organizations as well, but, but suffice to say that, um, you know, nation states are focusing on the weakest link, which are individuals. They're specifically targeting individuals, um, and trying to fish them to steal their credentials. And what we address, uh, is really the top attack vector, which is, uh, stolen and compromised uh, credentials. And so that's why we think we're in a great market with identity because uh, it turns out the user is the weakest link. And then when you factor in the whole move to cloud and mobile uh, with people having just more and more usernames and passwords and needing to leverage multi-factor authentication, it makes what we do more important. So uh, yes, 
So clearly nation state as well as, uh, you know, criminal organizations. Um, but you also have insiders, malicious insiders. We've seen that as well, too. Uh, and it turns out that 80 percent of all attacks involve stolen and compromised credentials. And once they get in, they get the keys to the kingdom and then they start stealing very valuable data. That's why I talk about the importance of going beyond single sign-on multi-factor authentication to also focus on least privilege, user-level auditing, uh, et cetera. And that's why we're a little bit more important than just simply a, a single sign-on last pass for the enterprise type solution because we go further in securing an enterprise's data. Back to some SaaS economics before we wrap up yes. with the famous five, churn annually, gross. What's it look like for you? Uh, gross margins? G- gross churn annually. Oh, gr- oh, so we have a um, 95% retention rate. Uh, and that doesn't include upsells or upgrades, et cetera. We have an incredibly sticky product. That's in terms uh, of logo or revenue? That's actually on a dollar amount. So okay. we look at the annual contract value, what's due up, uh, and we actually collect uh, over 95% of that. Um, and but, but at the same time, we're also selling to new businesses as well as existing businesses are coming back and buying uh, more of our software and cloud-based services as well. But, but on a dollar amount, we're, we uh, have over 95% retention rate. And, and that's gross. If you give me the net number, are you above 100 Oh, by net, including the additional uh, add-ons. Expansion revenue. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. we we definitely, uh, in a given quarter, if you take away the the subscription renewals and maintenance renewals, and then you look at the net new business, about two-thirds of our uh, net new business uh, is existing customers. Um, So very much focused on landing and then expanding from there. That's great. Um, You talked a little bit about your first year contract value. How long are you comfortable waiting to get your initial CAC recovered? Well, the good news is, is that, you know, we, we have, uh, unlike maybe earlier stage companies, we're, we're kind of beyond that um, because we have a high, a big install base, high renewal rate. And then we actually have, you know, people coming back to the well, landing, expanding with the two thirds expansion, uh, et cetera. So, so we, we're already profitable right now. Um, so uh, for, on a cash flow uh, basis as well. So uh, how so do you stay rational though, Tom, with that? So everything you just said is completely true. You could rationally convince yourself to spend an infinite amount acquiring a customer. They're going to expand. They're going to stick with you. They're going to grow over time, spend as much yeah. as you need, but you have to set the limit at some point. How do you do that? Yeah. You know, it's a uh, good question. Um, I think what, what we, you know, you kind of look at it. So we do model out what the, the customer acquisition cost is and we break it down in terms of what's the CAC associated with an existing customer versus a new customer. But you also want to get new, new uh, as well. And so what is that new, new, just the, the new, new. Okay. So you're, you're a SaaS business and you've got your renewals, right? That, you know, people maintaining what they currently have. Right. And so then you've got your, so that's kind of your existing business. Then you've got your new business and it's new existing, right? Which is your existing customers coming, uh, you know, and upgrading, upgrading, adding more users, adding more this, that, or the other thing. And then you've got your new, new, right? Um, and so what we do is we actually do um, a CAC based on what it costs to have people renew. And it turns out that's very cheap. It's less yep. than 10 cents on a dollar because people are already hooked on the, hooked on it, right? Tom, just to be clear, that means you can spend 10 cents to drive a new dollar of new ARR. Uh, that's for the, the people to renew their existing stuff. Yeah. Expansion right? revenue. 
Okay, but no, that's that's new, um, new. Uh, I'm sorry, that's not new. That's existing. That's renewals, right? Oh, no upsell. Just renew a second, third, fourth year. Plus ten cents. Got it. Okay. Then you've got new existing, which is people expanding, and you still have to spend money. You have to have a sales rep talk to them, and and that may cost fifty or sixty cents for the dollar. I right? see. Um, and then. But what? But you need to always bring on new new customers, and that's where the CAC gets into maybe two to one, right? Where you spend two dollars to bring that one in, but with the understanding that with the with the fact that you have a ninety five percent renewal rate, and then there's a great chance that they're going to buy. That's how you actually break it out. So we, the way that we model this is we kind of break it into those three buckets, and th- therefore then the really the conversation becomes how much are you going to spend on the new new, right? to drive the actual model itself while maintaining profitability and at the same time maintaining growth as well. Uh, and, uh, and so what we're trying to do that balance of always being cash flow positive. So we don't have to go back and raise money or forced to go public or do anything like that. At the same time, we want to drive a healthy enough growth that people feel really good about it. And so that's kind of the balancing act that we have right now. So only focusing on the new, new cohort. I want to repeat this, yes. make sure I understand it clearly. You said earlier, your first year average contract value is around 50 grand. And you said you might spend sometimes up to two bucks to get that dollar of new ARR. So am I understanding correctly, you could spend up to a hundred grand to acquire that new customer with a 24 month payback, assuming no expansion revenue. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think that's kind of r- roughly. I'll, I'd have to kind of calculate it or okay. look at look at talk to my CFO. But yeah, that's I think that's kind of market, you know, in terms of what people are, are doing. Yeah. The key thing is the most important thing is is that I mean, you could spend you know more or less or whatever. The key thing is making sure having a sticky product that people renew the next year because then you're just kind of like you send them the invoice and you have to pay for your tech support to answer any questions, and then also have a product that they really like that there's upsell and expansion opportunities, um, et cetera, and then then you're you're off to the races as well. Makes so, a lot of sense. Yeah. A lot of sense. Thanks for breaking down those cohorts. That was really valuable. Let's wrap up, Tom, with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? My favorite? Oh, it's Crossing the Chasm. Jeffrey Moore. It's a good one. Orange oh, cover. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Mm. No, I mean, I've always been, a, like everyone else, been a huge fan of Steve Jobs and what he did in terms of disrupting. So I've, I've read a number of uh, books on, uh, uh, you know, the Abraham uh, book and, and some others. So he, he's my, uh, he's, he's the best. Number so. three, besides your own, what's your favorite online tool? Oh, gosh. Uh, my favorite online tool, oh, what do I use all the time? I like, uh, I like Nest. Uh, so I like Yelp. Uh, I like, uh, you know, different, uh, traffic, uh, apps and all that stuff. So all right. number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Not as not enough. <laughs> how much do you get? Oh God. I don't know. Five, six hours. All I right. need to sleep more. And what's your situation? Married, single, you have kids. I'm married uh, to a lovely wife. I got three kids. Wow. Okay. And how old are you, Tom? Uh, I'm 51. All right. Last question. Take us home. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Um, I, I wish, you know, just be, you know, confident in, in yourself. Uh, don't worry about others and, uh, you know, and eventually that the world is a meritocracy and, uh, 
you know, and just kind of stick with it and, and don't worry about, you know, what, what your peers think about or uh, worry about, uh, you know, the, the, just the noise. Because if you really want to ha- work hard and be focused um, and you believe in yourself and you got talent, that in the long run, you'll do great. Tom Kemp, ignore the noise. Founded Centrify back in 2004. They've sent, they bootstrapped for a while, put in a million of his own bucks. They've now raised over 90 million bucks, serving 5,000 customers, have broken 100 million bucks in AR by June next year, hopefully breaking about 130 million in AR. Super healthy economics with, uh, in terms of churn and retention and all that jazz based, uh, they're, again, their team of 500 based out there in Silicon Valley. Tom, thank you so much for taking us to the top. Hey, hey thanks a lot.